Advancements in technology, shifting markets, and the gig economy are changing the nature of work. With this in mind, Harvard Business School Executive Education is launching a new program on managing the future of work. Based on the latest research into the forces reshaping workforce demographics, this program is designed to help employers remain competitive by thinking strategically about today's evolving business landscape. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me future. That's hbs.me future. Thank you for tuning into the AJ Nashville podcast. Here's your host, AJNashville.com. Hey guys, Alex here, AJNashville.com. I hope everyone's had a great Thanksgiving. Looking at this beautiful Black Friday, I know some of you are out there trying to quote-unquote save money on things you really don't need, but it's all good. Uh, I'm not going to give you too much trouble. I happen to be the only person in my office complex of about 20 different businesses. That is by choice. It's just because I choose to get some things done. I work better when I'm by myself. It's nothing against you guys. Uh, I just enjoy doing it. So once again, hope everybody's had a great Thanksgiving. What I want to talk about, I guess, in this podcast is just some of the pathways that I've learned in the past of success. You know, you tend to hear things back and forth all the time about how you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. I want to touch on this because I think this has a direct reflection of what it is that we do in life and what it is and how it is that we respond to certain things. Most of you know, throughout life, I've had different groups of people that I've hung around, and those different groups of people, I've tend to hit a plateau or a limitation or even a downslope. You know, there's one group of people that I, I hung out with for a while that all I did was drink and party and get into trouble and get DUIs and do stupid shit all the time. Obviously not fun. Obviously a learning lesson. Hindsight is twenty twenty. It's always easier to look back and say, well, shit, I shouldn't have done that than it is to look at what you're doing currently and saying, well, this isn't a good idea. Maybe I should move on. You know, but through those times and through those tribulations and trials, I've, I've met some great people that I continue to keep in my sphere. And I've met some people that I've chosen to keep in my sphere, but not necessarily associate with on a consistent basis. Um, during my times of downtime where I've gotten some trouble, got DUIs and, and drank and, you know, really turned into a person that I wasn't. I had my motorcycle accident. During that motorcycle accident, you meet a lot of people, or I met a lot of people that I wouldn't have considered friends at the time that now I consider very close and dear friends. Those are people I still choose to associate with on a regular basis. But when I talk about your average of five, I don't mean those true friends that you kind of keep there that will always be your good friends. You know, the one thing I heard today in a audiobook that I'm listening to is you will never outperform your sphere of influence. And that's an intentional thing. You know, you never want to be the top guy in your sphere because there's some discomfort there. And that discomfort is, you know, your sphere will, will directly look at you and say, ah, oh, you're never going to do it. Or there may be some jealousy there. There may, may be some poking, some making fun of, things like that. Because people don't like to see, in general, people don't like to see people be more successful than they are. You know, once again, that's a choice that we make. If we choose to evolve from that sphere 
and continue to grow or if we decide to stay kind of like a rocking chair where you're at and just continue to rock back and forth with no forward or backwards momentum. That's a huge difference from people that are successful and people that aren't. I'm not saying that your circle of friends is a bad influence on you, but you really have to ask yourself from time to time, hey, is this circle doing something for me? By being in this circle of people, is this a circle of people that I can trust? Is this a circle of people that have growth in mind? Or is this a circle of people that are just here to fill the voids that I may have in my life if these people weren't here? You know, and I think a lot of relationships are built on that. A lot of relationships are, you know, somebody's there just for the fact of being there. Let's look into personal relationships, uh, boyfriends, girlfriends, things like that, where you see an individual and you can never recall a time of them being single because they have a dependency problem maybe where they just can't be alone. Now, you have to ask yourself, Are some friendships the same way? Do you hang on to some people simply for the fact that if you didn't have that person, you'd be at home bored today? And if you didn't have that person, would it be a bad thing? Think about some of the people and some of the things they do that may hold you back. Think about the things you do to yourself to hold yourself back. Think about the times that you haven't went to do some of the things that you wish you would have done because the people that you wanted to do them with weren't interested in doing the things you wanted to do. Think about the ideas that you've had that you've ran past your trusted group of friends and they all laughed and said, you're stupid. Just go to work Monday. Forget about it. It's not going to happen. By the way, let's go celebrate this Saturday night. What are we celebrating? Nothing. Because we have nothing to celebrate because our life revolves around the same shit every week. See, I speak from this from experience. You know, I never used to be able to speak from a point of success And even I don't consider myself successful at this point. I almost feel like a fraud when I look at it and say, hey, I'm doing great. I'm successful. How do you measure that? Do you measure it with bank accounts? You know, do you measure it with how big your house is, how, how many cars you have? What's the true measure of success? The one thing that I can see that I can say I'm successful with is helping others. Now that I've gained a certain level of monetary success, I'm able to give back. And I'm able to do some of the things I want to do in order to help others. It's always been inside my DNA to help people. You know, I remember being at a young age, my mom saying to somebody, he'd give the shirt off his back if it was freezing cold and it was the only shirt he had to make sure you were warm. You know, there's a lot of truth in that. A lot of the people that know me know there's truth in that. But the success portion is something I feel like it's always chased. I don't think, I think when you kick your feet up and you say, hey, I'm successful, that's when you start dwindling. That's when you become a nobody. That's when you start to fall back in some old ways. So, my success is looking around and seeing what it is I'm doing and what I can measure myself from where I was to where I am. My success is a competition against me. It's not necessarily a competition against somebody else because guess what? There's plenty of people in this mortgage business. And in every other business that I'm involved in that are doing 15 times as much as I'm doing, I'll never be successful as they are because a couple reasons. One, I don't have the drive that they do to be that successful in this industry. Two, they've been at it longer than I have. And three, I make excuses. Let's own it. Let's be real. I make excuses to not achieve that level. It's not that I'm limited. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. We all have the same possibilities. 
was talking to a buddy the other day um, who would go nameless because I'm not sure he would want other people to know this. But we looked at a map of houses in the neighborhood he grew up in. And next to him was a, not a ran down house, but not a, a house that you would look at and show pictures of to your friends. He grew up in a house that I don't think he was very proud of, but it was, it was a basic house. It was a house much like the one I grew up in. And the thing is, he looks at himself, <clears throat> excuse me, after being in the military, doing selfless things year after year after year after year, and he looks at himself with low self-esteem. Why, why, why did this happen to me? Why is, and low self-esteem is the wrong word. He doesn't allow himself to feel the valor that he's earned. Now, here's the difference between him and the houses next to him. Every house on that block had a choice. Every person that lived in those homes had a decision. This person now lives in a two-story, all-brick home, has nice car, nice truck, uh, rides a motorcycle, you know, has a lot to show for the decisions he made in life. The only difference between him and his neighbors is he had an opportunity to take action, and he chose to do so. Now, his action may not have been one that most people would take. Nobody told him, hey, go out and join the military. This will make you as successful as you want to be. But he chose to take what it was he knew how to do and did it and do it year after year after year after year and show other people how to do it because that's what successful people do. They gain their stripes in this instant and they show other people how to replicate exactly what it is they do. You know, they specialize. There's a certain battle plan, a game plan where they lay out and they say, this is exactly how I did it. This audio book that I'm listening to, it's about podcasts. Why? Because I'm not the best at them yet. But this guy lays out the formula and the plan for podcasts that he's built and tells people exactly how to do it verbatim. Nothing left out. Why? Why would somebody share this knowledge with somebody else? Because success breeds success. Because people like to see people grow. I've got a young uh, 22-year-old kid that I'm, I'm mentoring that I'm helping walk through the process of getting a license and how to be a successful mortgage person. This kid could end up being my competition and eat me alive, but you know what? It's okay because I'm taking the lessons that I've learned to be successful and pushing it on to another generation so they'll learn how to be successful because this business hopefully never goes away and hopefully one day he reaches that level of success to be able to help others. I spoke with a buddy of mine today. He had a very interesting topic come up, and he said, you know what, I've been scared all year to bring up this topic, and I want to bring it up because I want to challenge my friends because I think there's so much that can be done by simply doing this. And I said, good, stop being a bitch. Go ahead and challenge people. You know, get on the, the camera and challenge people to do this because this is what people need. And he said, well, my wife said that one person at a time isn't going to change this. And to an extent, his wife's right. One person at a time doing one action will not change the world. But I said, have you ever had somebody let you in traffic? Busy day, you're sitting in traffic, somebody lets you in. And then you're going down the road and later on you're like, shit, this person needs to get in and let me let them in. And so you let them in. Why? Because you have to reciprocate. Because you feel like you have to do good because somebody else did good to you. That's the same thing with his challenge that he's wanting to do. No, one person's not going to get it done. 
but one person taking the action to do something to help another person who in turn is going to take an action to help another person is what's going to get stuff done. Because eventually that chain will continue to grow until more and more people are doing it. It's almost like a cult-like following. When you do something good and people continue to follow and the chain continues to grow, eventually it becomes normal. Eventually it becomes part of life and eventually people do it on a consistent basis. How do I know this? Because I do it all the time. Because I sit there and think about things like Thanksgiving and should I give back to veterans and I need to go get some turkeys and food and donate them to the VFW and take meals to the homeless and do this and do that. And it plagues my mind, but I do it for a reason. I do it because there was years when I was a child that I didn't get to eat, let alone a Thanksgiving. And I say years didn't get to eat. I, there wasn't years I went without food, but sometimes days, you know. And I'm in a position right now where I don't want to see other people in that position, especially a warrior that's chosen to fight for this country that signed a document agreeing to either pay the ultimate sacrifice or leave with some form of injuries, whether they be internal or external. And that person signed that document knowing the pay they would receive, but not knowing the cost that they would receive it at. So it's my duty to give back to those people. It's my duty to sit there and say, you know what? I'm successful, but I'm only as successful as I am because of the fact that these people fought for our freedom. Because keep in mind, we're one generation away from losing freedom altogether. And that's a generation of people that won't fight for what they believe in. Now, how does this all relate to the average of people that you hang out with? Because this is something that I've learned, that when I've chosen to take the time to help give back and teach and do all these things, that those, attract, those actions attract people that are the same. I'm going to bring up a friend of mine, Dustin Black. You know, Dustin Black is an incredible person. He's a person that um, gives all that he can. He's a person that owns one of the most successful moving businesses I've ever seen. You know, pretty, pretty soon U-Haul is going to be called Black Hall. Um, that's how successful this man is. But the man also gives back quite a bit. And the reason why I bring him up is because I did a thing here a little while back where we gave back to some of the victims of the Smoky Mountain fires. Dustin stepped up, no questions asked, saw my video and said, I want to donate. I'll let you guys use one of my trucks and I'll donate $5,000. Dustin and I, I wouldn't consider close by any means, but we're definitely friends. There's no question about that. But Dustin was very selfless. That truck cost money to run. It cost gas. It cost manpower to drive wear and tear on the truck, and that truck can't get loaded down with goods to move in order to be profitable. But he said, without a question, gather the materials you need, we'll use one of my trucks, we'll move everything down there, we'll bring it back, don't worry about it. Hurricane hits Houston, same exact thing. This man had trucks rolling nonstop with supplies. I'm blessed to have a person like that within my sphere of influence, a person that I could reach out to, a person that if I had a question about business, I can reach out and say, hey, man, what do you think about this? And get an honest answer. Dustin knows I'm not competing for anything with him. And I honestly think even if he did, he wouldn't care. He would want to bring people up. But see, here's the thing. Dustin is leaps and bounds ahead of me on where I want to be. But that's good. Because if you train with people that are faster, people that are stronger, people that are better, you will eventually push yourself to be better, faster, and stronger. Because if you do the things that it takes in order to keep up with the people that you admire and that you envy, eventually 
you'll be the person that's admired and that's envied. Instead of sitting around and saying, you know what, I'm okay. I'm just going to collect my check. I'm going to do all right. You say, you know what, I've got to get up to his level, her level, their level. You say, I've got to do what it takes in order to make it. Because just making it isn't as good as it used to be. Because just getting by isn't worth my time anymore. Because my family deserves more than just me getting by. Think about it. I worked in an area at a couple companies before the one I'm at now. Where I worked with several loan officers. And one thing that was preached constantly was you didn't come to work today to make friends. And the little voice in the back of your head would be like, fuck too. I'll do whatever I want. I'm an adult. I'm here to do whatever the fuck I want. And that's what I did. I never used my true success. I treated my job like it was a place to come to, to make friends and to have enjoyment. To fucking hang out, go to lunch with people, get your measly ass little paychecks and do what you had to do. You know, why grow? If you were the best in the branch, that's all that mattered, right? Kept the managers off your ass. Why be better than that? Well, see, the reason you're better than that is because eventually you're offered things like I now have. Branch manager positions, traveling with the company, making decisions with the company, being on a board of advisors that helps execute successful decisions for the company to make in the future. That's why. Because if I still had the mentality that I'm just going to work to just be there to clock in, to clock out and make my little bit of money, never get me anywhere. I'm fortunate enough to have a given talent that I can turn on and off like a faucet. People will attest I could literally bust ass and make an obscene amount of money in a month or just slack off and not do shit all month. Whatever the choice was, was the choice I made, which is the choice that I did. We talk about the influence of five. You know, my five closest friends right now, they don't know this. I'm always in competition with these fuckers, you know, be it an email or something like that. There's always a competitive edge when I talk to somebody like Corey Rodiger and I'm thinking about it and I'm like, fuck, Corey's doing this. I got to do that. Chad, he's doing this, but I've got to do that. You know, these guys are, are titans. These guys are doing incredible things. These guys are going outside the box. I was hoping I'd get up, come to the office today and get an away message from Chad's email when a group message was sent out. Instead, I got a damn response. Guess what? I'm not one day ahead of Chad anymore like I thought I was going to be. But guess what the great thing is? I've surrounded myself with people that are like-minded, that are no longer one day away. We're one day ahead because we're working harder than the rest. Do I still have my friends? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've got a great friend named Mike. Most of you know him. He's an asshole. A lot of you know that. He's always a dear and close friend to me because when I was broke and broke in, Mike was always there for me. He'd come pick me up in his little PT Cruiser company vehicle. He's not that weird. And we'd go to the gym and we'd celebrate and we'd do things. Same with my buddy Jordan Fox, Brent Hatcher. You know, these are guys that they would pick up and put their troubles aside. Come all the way across town because I lived in Franklin. Come all the way on the other side of the world just to hang out with me. Do I value those people? Absolutely. Are they part of my sphere of influence? They are. 
Are they the upper echelon of that sphere as far as getting to where they need to be in order to challenge me to move to make the next step? No. But guess what? They're true friends that I'll always be able to rely on, that I'll always be able to fall back on. And they're people that as I grow, I'll reach my hand out and make sure that they grow. Because not every friend that you have is disposable or dispensable. Not every influence that you come across is one that you'll use and then throw away and continue to to move forward. But we always have to challenge ourselves. We always have to make the proper connections in order to make the growth that we need in order to achieve the next level. Do you think that some of these superstars that are out there, the Michael Jordans who practice over and over and over again, playing basketball to become the superstar that he became? Do you think the Tupac Shakurs that were rappers that overcame adversity that eventually fell to it in his case, but do you think those people became titans of their industry because they said, I'm just going to hang out with the people that are okay? Do you think Michael Jordan became the best basketball player in the world because he hung out with a mediocre coach? Or do you think his coach challenged him to higher and stronger and harder things to do on a regular basis? You know, you've got people like Ryan Steumann, for example, incredible coach, a guy that I can relate to, a guy that I've watched grow, but he has watched me grow, a person that is a person that I respect and admire because I've seen where they've been and I've seen where they're going. A person like that challenges people on a consistent basis to do better. How? Because guess what? I eventually want to be in Forbes, not to be as good as Ryan, but to be in Forbes. I never wanted to be in Forbes before. Come on now. That's like Jay-Z and all those guys. But now I want to be in Forbes and I know one day I will be because I'll do something that is big enough to be in Forbes. You know, the other day I received a notification that I was one of the 40 most influential loan officers in the nation under 40 years old. Fuck. (laughs) One of 40 in the nation that was nominated and selected as one of the top 40. I know guys that are crushing what I'm doing. Thank God they're 41. No, I'm just kidding. But there's guys that are just killing what I do. But to know that I have a strong enough influence that I've used my strength in a way that's helped others grow and in a way that's left an impression on others. And these people are now growing and now looking back and saying, you know what? You're one of us too. Is impressive. This is something I can throw on my resume. Just another accomplishment. I've got a couple more years to get it again, so hopefully we do. But if not, you know, it's something that I can say that I've done. It's an accomplishment. It's a rung on the ladder that I can now pull myself up on as I go past it and eventually step on it and go past. And when I say step on it, I don't mean step on it in a bad way. I don't mean belittle it. What I mean by step on it is now I've achieved something greater. Now I've done something like hit Forbes magazine. And see, to a lot of people that are listening to this, they're thinking, Forbes? <laughs> Whatever. Fucking Forbes? Seriously? That's, that's made for better people than you. Here's where you're fucking wrong. And here's how I'm going to prove you wrong. Because years ago, you would have never looked and said, you're going to be in the 40 
most influential loan officers in the nation at any point. Because years ago, some of you would have looked at me and said, you're never going to amount to anything. All you're going to do is drink, fight, do the things that you want to do, not listen to anybody, and you're wrong. Because years ago, a lot of you would have said, you know what, we're going to give up on you and go ahead and move past. But instead, people decided to invest their time in me. And now look where I am. And I say this because those of you that are listening, that think you have nowhere to go, nowhere to be, nothing to achieve, you're fucking wrong. Because you all have somewhere you can go. I don't give a fuck what it is you do. I don't care if you're the, the shit scooper at the local park. Be the best fucking shit scooper there is. Open your own shit scooping business. Why? Because you're the fucking best. Because whoever you work for or are working for, they had a dream. And they're using you as a pawn to make that dream come true. And if you're the best fucking shit scooper around, then by God, you should have the best business out there. Not all of us are geniuses at running businesses. Not all of us can be the Johnny Fowlers of the mortgage industry and recruit the best talent there is. But you know what we can do? We can do what it takes to make the money that it takes in order to influence the right people to do those things for us. Because when it comes to employment, most people have a price. And when you find somebody to do the things, the Jeffs in my case, that people laugh, they're like, aha, just have Jeff do that. you damn right Jeff's going to do that because that's what he's good at. Because I'm good at maintaining relationships and selling. Jeff's good at talking to people. Admitting things, putting numbers together, putting files together. That's what he's good at. That's what I hired him for, and that's what you need to do. Figure out what you're good at and find somebody to cover up those weaknesses that you have. Once again, we talk about the circle of eight or circle of five. It comes back to this. It's almost like MySpace was on to something. Top eight. Should have said the top eight people that will either fuck up or grow your life is what it should have said. But he was almost on to something. He was just a couple numbers off. But either way, you know, those influences, those people that have growth, you know, most of us know of somebody that is extremely successful. And you notice that person focuses on what? They focus on what they're great at. Michael Jordan wasn't a basketball coach and a basketball player. He was simply a player that was great at certain things that he did. Why? Because that's what superstars do. There's no point in trying to pick up and be the janitor and the lawn care maintenance person and the hardware guy and the TV hanger if you're a fucking salesperson. Get in there, grab that black box with numbers on it, and dial until your fucking fingers bleed or the bank calls you and says, stop depositing money. We have no more room in our vaults for you. That's what you do when you're the best salesperson. If you're the best shit scooper, find a way to make it the most profitable thing you can. Find a way to make that shit scooping job a job that carries your family into areas that you never thought they'd be in before. Because you're the best shit scooper in your gated community with your fancy cars your kids go to private school and you scoop shit for a living.
That's what our aspirations should be. That's what the people around us should be telling us to do. That's what our friends should be telling us to do. I talked to a friend the other day, and she was talking about a friend slash client. She was talking about getting back together with one of her exes. She said he made her feel comfortable and whole, and she loved him, and she cared about him, and she wanted to be with him. But her friends made it difficult because they didn't like it, and they weren't supportive. You know what? Fuck those friends. Because we're adults, and we can make decisions. Friends do this. They say, you know what? That's not the greatest idea, but I will support you no matter what decision you make. I don't think this decision is one you should make, but if you do, I will support you. My buddy Johnny Fowler says it best. People get on Facebook and say, hey, got a new job. I'm an RN. 19 bucks an hour, 40 hours a week, fucking health benefits, everything else. They'll get a million congratulations and 300 likes. You get the same person. They get online. Hey, just opened up my own business. Taking care of old folks. Come check me out. And what do they get? Four likes and 5,000 fucking people jumping in saying, don't do this. This is bad. No, 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 no. You need to go to something safe. You need to do what your degree taught you to do. That's what you need to do. Why? Why do we get that? Why do we get that reaction? A person steps out on the ledge to be successful. We live in a, a society in an age where we can access any bit of information we need in order to grow. That we can literally open up a company in a matter of minutes from our fucking desktop. And people aren't open to the idea of doing it. Stop letting those voices in your head tell you no. Find a different sphere of influence. Anyways, I hope you guys have taken something from this message this was something literally I sat here and I was like, what can I talk about? I was beating my fucking head against the ground thinking about what I could talk about. And then I was thinking of the fact that, you know what? I'm the only person here at the office today, at my office, in an office park full of business owners. Because everybody around me that owns their own business mostly works for it in this complex. But I'm the only one here. No offense against those people. It's okay to be lazy every now and then. I don't know what they've accomplished. But the fact of the matter is I want each and every one of you that are listening to this to know that they can accomplish the same things, that, to know that they can accomplish whatever it is that they want to accomplish for their life and for their families. So please do me a favor. Share this message with people that you think should hear it. I'm not the greatest fucking motivational speaker in the world in fucking Tennessee but you know what? If this message resonates with one person and they take these ideas that I shared with you today and they put them to action, then I've done what it was that I was meant here to do. I hope you guys have had a great time listening to this. Once again, I hope you've had a great Black Friday wasting all kinds of money on shit you don't need. Just kidding. But most of all, I want to thank those of you that have influenced me, those of you that have helped me grow no matter how big or how small, those friendships that I will always value, the ones that I will never trade for anything, the people that have helped me throughout the years realize the things that I need to do as opposed to the things I don't. My sphere of influence 
and the people that have helped me grow in the past. To you guys, I owe all my success to. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay tuned for the next episode next Friday. Actually, Monday we're having my episode on the growth of my life, but next Friday we'll drop the next podcast so you guys have something to listen to for the weekend. Thanks again for tuning in. We will talk to you later. Advancements in technology, shifting markets, and the gig economy are changing the nature of work. With this in mind, Harvard Business School Executive Education is launching a new program on managing the future of work. Based on the latest research into the forces reshaping workforce demographics, this program is designed to help employers remain competitive by thinking strategically about today's evolving business landscape. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me slash future. That's hbs.me slash future.